Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. Father, let us only see Jesus. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we will begin in John 10, verse 35, Jesus speaking. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. When you get that settled in your heart, you have what you need. There is the basis for your faith. The scripture cannot be broken. If it can't be, then you can trust it that it'll do what it promises to do. The Father says all the promises of God are yes and amen. Why? Because the scripture cannot be broken. When you can get your faith in that, whatever you need will have to come to pass. It won't fail. But where do we fail? We don't stay with it. We don't keep it. We don't trust it till we get it. We try for a couple days, it doesn't work. We throw our hands up and say, well, this is, this is just not going to work. That's not the way we do it. It says, fight the good fight of faith. And that good fight of faith sometimes is your own soul. I told God once, I don't need any other enemies. My worst enemy is me. I said, I don't even have to bother with anybody else. I got to deal with me. I'm my worst enemy. And you know what? That's true. But we can overcome us. Now, let's go to, yeah, 1 Peter 3, verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subject to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, obey that word, then they also may without the word be won by the conversation, the behavior of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation, your behavior, coupled with fear. That's fear of God, not fear of the things around you, fear of God. Whose adorning, let it not be. Don't let your adorning, don't let you with people know you by your outward adorning, a plaiting of the hair, wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel. What should we be known by? But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible. Not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. Don't you want to be in the sight of God. Don't you want to be one of his daughters? Well, it says right here that he considers a meek and a quiet spirit of great price. Why? We're not going to go there, but Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, Jesus said, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? For I am meek and lowly in heart. Do you see why God thinks that a woman with a meek and a quiet spirit is a great price? 
Why? Because she's got the meek and lowly man in her heart. In her heart. Meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. And like I said before, that is not you when you are in prayer wrestling with Satan. That is not you. When you are wrestling with the devil, you don't look to be meek and quiet. I love a good wrestling match. And when you're only 110 pounds, there's not much you can wrestle with. But you can wrestle with the devil. And you will always win. You will always win. Isn't it fun to have a fight where you know you will win if you stay long enough with it? You absolutely will win. Had one yesterday. I won. Now, let's go to Luke 4. Jesus speaking. This is when he started his ministry. And this is he told us why he came. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Look at this. Again, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of God was upon Jesus. Jesus said over and over in John, it is not me doing the works. It is God in me. Jesus left all his power in heaven and he became a man just like you and just like me. We have no power. Jesus had no power. He left it all. To come here and save us. And the only way he was going to do that was this. That the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus said that. He made that proclamation in one of his first sermons. He asked for that book of Isaiah. And he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. God anointed Jesus, put the Spirit of God on him to preach the gospel. The lovely thing about the gospel, it's everything you need. And Jesus preached it. That's what Jesus preached. He preached the gospel. He didn't preach the Old Testament. He preached the gospel. God anointed him to do so. And when you preach the gospel, you preach healing in the gospel. You preach baptism of the Holy Ghost within the gospel. You preach casting out devils within the gospel. You preach forgiveness of sins in the gospel. You preach prosperity. It is all wrapped up in the gospel. Just for this radio program so that you know 1 Corinthians 15 3 and 4 will give you the absolute bona fide definition of the gospel. That's what Jesus preached. That's what Paul preached when he said it. And Paul said the gospel is that Jesus died according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he was raised again according to the scriptures. That is the word of God. That is the definition of the gospel. That is what Jesus preached. That is what Paul preached. That's what Peter preached. That's what all the apostles preached. And you know what? That's where the miracles came from. They came from preaching the gospel. All right? Now, we've got preaching the gospel. Continue. He has sent me. The Father has sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. God sent Jesus. Sent him to heal the brokenhearted. Like we said, then God knew that we were brokenhearted. And that's why he sent Jesus. Isn't it beautiful that God saw where we were at? 
God saw our broken hearts. God saw we were stuck in sin. God saw we were in bondage. God saw we were a bruised people. And that's why he sent Jesus to help us, to heal us, to get us where we can be saved. That's why he said he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Isn't it amazing that he uses the word to set at liberty them that are bruised? You know when you are bruised, there's a hurt there. You're in captivity to that bruising. You are. That's why God sent Jesus. He wants you to come out. He wants to set at liberty those that are bruised. It is a wonderful thing. God sent Jesus not to condemn us, not to destroy us. God sent Jesus to save us because he knew where we were at. With that, let's go to Romans 5. We have talked about in the last couple weeks that blood of Jesus, that beautiful, thick, red blood of Jesus, that that blood shed on the tree and Jesus took to heaven, justified us of all sins, justified us just as if we have never sinned. That's what the blood of Jesus can do. No evidence of the sin. Get this in your hearts. Justification is not just that your sins are forgiven. They are taken away where there is no evidence you ever even committed it. Now, we're going to go to verse 8, chapter 5 of Romans. We're going to look at some words here. It says, but God, God commendeth his love toward us. Commendeth showed his love, exhibited his love, established his love with us, commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see that? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see in this verse how you don't have to clean yourself up before you come to the gospel? Do you see it says, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. But yet we think we got to clean ourselves up before we go to Jesus. That verse is absolutely opposite of that. While we were at our worst is when Jesus came to die for you. He died for you when you were at your worst, when you were at the bottom, when you didn't think there was any hope for you, when you knew everybody hated your guts. That's when Jesus died for you. And he died for you because the Father sent him. And the Father sent him because he loved you and he wanted to fix you. He wanted to fix you. That's why he sent Jesus. He said, but God commendeth his love toward us and why we were yet sinners, why we were at our worst. Christ died for us. That's when Jesus died for you. You know what's amazing? We come to the cross. We come to Jesus. And we come and we are born again. And we've got Jesus now in our hearts. And now we think God's going to reject us. When we start trying to walk in this and everything doesn't seem to work perfectly, we think God's rejecting us. Jesus died for you when you were at your worst. When you were at your worst. 
That's when he died for you. Don't ever forget that. And when he got you, he wasn't surprised what he got. I thought he was. I really thought that once God started working with me, oh my God, if I tell him this, he's going to reject me. How silly are we and how we don't know the scriptures. God knew you before he called you and he knew what you were. And he called you anyway. Jesus died for you at your worst. You are not a surprise to him. What he's doing is he's showing you, you. And that's not fun. You'll have some days that is not fun. You mean I wasn't that sweet little thing my teacher told me that I always was? No, you are desperately wicked. Now, let's go back. Verse 9, much more than, because Jesus died for us when we were at our worst, much more than being now justified by his blood. That's when we were justified. When Jesus died on that cross and his blood was shed, we were justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. That'll be another program about being saved through wrath, but we're not going to go that today. We're going to go to the next verse. For if, for if when we were enemies, for if when we were enemies, do you see that? Did you know at one time you were God's enemy? For if when we were enemies, not if, not maybe, when. God is not surprised. But if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Even when you hated God, you were reconciled to God. How? By the death of his son. You were reconciled by the death of his son. You were reconciled. Look at that word. Even when you were an enemy, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. What's that word reconciled? Restored back to the Father's favor. We were restored back to the Father's favor. Restored. By the death of Jesus, we were restored. Do you know, right there, it is a past tense. We were reconciled. That is past tense. You were reconciled 2,000 years ago. When you were at your worst, you were reconciled. Was it anything that you did that got you reconciled? No. Was it how sweet you are? No. Was it how good looking you are? No. Was it the way your family was brought up? No. How were we reconciled? How were you brought back to God? It says it right there. You were brought back to God by the death of his son. Not anything that you did. Not any way that you are. You were brought back to God by the death of Jesus. Isn't that a marvelous thing? It had nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your personality. 
Thank God it had nothing to do with how wicked you are. You were reconciled back to God by Jesus' death. That is a wonderful thing. And that is a thing that you can cling to when God is showing you how wicked you really are. But you know what? That blood, that blood is what reconciled you. That beautiful blood that the Father was waiting on, that's why he sent Jesus. It was a beautiful, wonderful, marvelous, lovely thing that Jesus did for us. Lovely. He reconciled us back to the Father. Let's go on. It says, much more now being justified, verse 9, by his blood. We should be saved from wrath through him. That blood is what justified you. And it says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, much more being reconciled. Now it's present tense. Your reconciliation was paid for 2,000 years ago. God, like I said last week, is not mad at you. You've been paid for on one condition. And we'll get to that in a minute. It says, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We will be saved by Jesus' life. Why? Because he's leading us and he's in you. Did you know you have a shepherd? Do you know that if you listen to that shepherd, he will lead you to perfection. He will lead you to the perfect job. He will lead you to where you need to be. He will lead you into the revelation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He leads. He does not get you born again and leave you out there all by yourself like I thought. There were days I thought, I'm out here all by myself. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Father, I don't know what to do. I didn't know I had a shepherd. I didn't know all I had to do was listen and follow. And the more you got the word of God in you, that's why we say read it out loud, the easier it is to hear the shepherd tell you where to go, tell you what to do. Now, verse 10, if for when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more shall be, be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God, our father. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received. And that word is reconciliation, not atonement. That is reconciliation. Now, the one condition that makes this work in your life, there's one condition. Go with me to Colossians 1. I'm going to begin in verse 21. It says, And you who were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, do you see where God knew where we were at? He knew the condition we were in when he got us. You are no surprise. He knew how wicked you were. He knew how disgusting you were. He knew how unclean you were. He wasn't surprised. He said, and you who are sometime alienated and enemies to God, in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. Jesus. The only reason you're reconciled is the body of Jesus. The body and blood of Jesus. That's what gets you reconciled. That's what gets you reconciled. 
That's what reconciled you. You don't have to go to God thinking that he's going to be upset when he finds out what's in you. He already knows, but you are already reconciled. It has already been paid for. God already knew, and he already had Jesus carry it on the tree. But why isn't it in your life? Why can't you see it manifest all the time? Let's read on. It tells us right here. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you. This is what he's planning on doing with you. To present you holy and unblameable. Ooh, is that fun unblameable when you understand you've been justified and you've got that old friend of yours from high school that points the finger and says you did this you can stand there and say it's gone I am unblameable you can no longer pin it on me why that's the power that is the strength of the blood of Jesus Oh, there was something I did in high school that I tell you what, that devil wanted to condemn me till I went to be with Jesus. And one day I got it. That blood, that blood reconciled me, justified me. You can't pin it on me anymore. The board's white. The board's white. It's so fun to look him in the eye and say it's not there. And he'd do it for you too, if you believe. All right, now, yet now is he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Do you see what happens when you make Jesus your shepherd? This is where he gets you. You don't walk this alone. Thank God. You'll have lonely days, but those lonely days are well worth it because you're learning how to walk with the shepherd. And he walks right with you. In fact, the lovely thing is, he's not behind you. He's in front of you. And you follow him. You follow him. He's not pushing you. You follow him. And he'll lead you to this. Now, here's the condition. Unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If, if you continue in the faith. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope, the expectation of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Do you see? He says, if you continue in the faith, it takes faith. It takes faith. And you don't have to be afraid of that word faith. You know what faith is? It's trust. It's trust. All faith is, is trust. Trust in what? The Word of God. The Word of God. When I was in the sign business, we worked with plexiglass quite a bit. And you've seen marquees where people change the letters on their signs up front. That's called a marquee. You know, you go past the drugstore and it says two Cokes for $5.99, whatever. That's a marquee. And that is made of plexiglass. 
To get those letters on there, you need to put tracking on that plexiglass. And it takes a very special glue because it's hard to put adhesive where plastic is on plastic. So we had a special glue, and this stuff was powerful. I mean, you put that on, and it's never coming off. And that was the big deal. You better get it on right the first time, or you're going to buy yourself a new thing of plexiglass. But to get that glue to work, you had to add an activator. It was an activator. And when you added that activator to that bottle, that's what made the glue. And that's what made the glue work. If you tried to put that glue on that acrylic without the activator, you got a mess. And it wouldn't stick. The activator made it stick. Well, you got the Word of God. But to make the Word of God work, you need the activator. Faith. Faith mixed with the gospel is what brings it to pass. It's what makes it stick. It doesn't work without faith. Jesus said the just shall live by faith, not by actions, by faith. Not by what we do, not by what we say. We live by faith. Well, you need the activator. In fact, it says in Hebrews that the gospel was preached to the Hebrews in wilderness. But it didn't work for them because they didn't add the activator. They didn't add faith. They didn't add the faith. Well, we have the faith. All faith is, is trusting in God and the word, trusting in what the gospel did for us. That's faith. And you know what the wonderful thing is? God says he gives us faith as a gift. You got the faith you need when you were born again. It's a gift. You've got it in you. You can't say, I have no faith. You can say, I'm not using my faith. But you have the faith. You have the activator. It was given to you when you were born again. But if you are not born again, you've got a problem. You've got no faith. But you know what? God will give you the faith to be born again. What is born again? Born again is getting the spirit of the man that was raised from the dead in you. In you. So he can be your shepherd. So he can lead you. So he can guide you into perfection into everything that you need, into prosperity, into health. He leads you to all of those things, but you need the Spirit of Jesus in you. And the only way to get the Spirit of Jesus in you is to be born again. Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. Jesus said it. How are you born again? It is so simple. You don't have to go through a whole big long line of, of confessing all your sins. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. What does it say? If you confess Jesus, Lord of your life, Jesus, come into my heart and help me. Help me, Jesus. That's all it takes. You know what? He is ready. He is willing. He is happy. He's been waiting on you to say that. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what condition you're in. It doesn't matter where you are. Do it on a bar stool. Who cares? I've met some beautiful Christians in bars. Used to work in one. Open your mouth. Jesus, help me. The reason Jesus came, the reason he, we were reconciled was that the Father, through Jesus, could fix us. Fix us. He came to fix us. Amen? 
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.